Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It's August 3rd. This is episode 29 of the Talk to Hate Wrestling Podcast. I'm back once again, pulling double duty this week on the podcast. But I'm here, we're talking about the We Won't Roman chance. I'm giving you the full truth on that. That Charlotte really deserved this title shot. Talking about the best SummerSlam build and the top four rock opponents for SummerSlam plus more. So we're about to get right on into this. I'm not going to waste any more time. You can find me on YouTube at OMG Corey B. Just type OMG Corey B in the space bar and bam, there I am. This will be hosted on CastBox as well. Also, you can find me on Twitter at OMG Corey B and at 2 Sweet Pie. That's the number 2 Sweet Pie. So we're going to hop on into this. Feel free to comment down below. I always respond to all the comments, or at least I try to respond to the comments in some way or fashion. So we're going to start off with Roman Reigns. Look, I've seen this huge debate going on. What else is new about Roman Reigns? And towards the end of the broadcast, Brock Lesnar came out. I destroyed everybody. And we got some We Want Roman chants. Roman sucks chants. So the We Want Roman chants were louder or beat out the Roman sucks chants. And that's where the whole debate is starting. Whatever. We got this whole thing. People all in a frenzy over some chants. So I'm, I'm about to just make it calm. And I'm about to settle this debate right on here. Just give my opinion. So, to start off the broadcast, Roman Reigns came out. Uh, the reaction was heavily toward the negative side, outweighing the positive side. There was some, uh, some cheers in there, but the, the negative side was loud. So, just looking at that standpoint, we get to the end of the night. Now, look. I'm not going to sit up here and say or be the person that says that they rigged the sound or whatever, even though, look, there's been some times previously where they've turned down the crowd. Obviously, I'm not going to deny that either because they've turned down the crowd. It's obvious in the past that they've done it. I don't think they really did it this time around, although I wouldn't put it past them, but I'm not going to even go there. But let's just say... Let's just say that they didn't for the sake of conversation. So there we have we want Roman chance, but here's my thing. My thing is the majority of the crowd was chanting the situation, not Roman Reigns. Here's the thing. We used to have these situations to where WWE was set it up to where we have a heel in the ring. Like I remember this one time they had Stephanie McMahon in the ring. And Stephanie McMahon was just rambling on, rambling on, rambling on. The crowd was just done with it. And Roman's music hit and the crowd popped because it was like, man, just give me something to get away from Stephanie McMahon. And that's what I thought we got at the end of Raw last Monday. Obviously, the crowd hates Brock Lesnar already. Kurt Angle did a good job of making him hate him again. And he comes down and he tears everyone apart in the ring. He's tearing apart Kurt Angle. You know, Kurt Angle is a fan favorite. So due to the storyline, nobody else is coming down outside of Roman Reigns if somebody was to come down. So the crowd is telling we want Roman. We want Roman. And I'm I'm not going to sit here and say everybody was chanting because of the situation. Because Roman Reigns does have his fans. I'm not going to sit up here and be the, the person that says only women and children 
a Twitter dude. There's some guys out there that Twitter dude too. I see them on Twitter, for goodness sakes. And there's guys that trim down in the crowd as well. So, I mean, I'm not, I won't deny that. But what I will say is that people are setting themselves up for the fail. So is WWE. Because what I'm saying is people saying, well, the women and the children and, and some dudes, they outpowered everybody else. That's what happened. So we had the situation for WrestleMania. It was one of those Monday Night Raws where the, the crowd kind of cheered for Roman as opposed to Brock. I forget the situation. Forgive me for that. But it was one of those weeks in the build where the Roman got a positive response. Everybody jumped on the next day. And was like, you heard that response from Roman, you see, you see? And what I have to say for that, once again, is that you're setting yourself up for the fail because we're going to get to SummerSlam. It's going to be in New York, and they are going to crap on that match. They're going to boo Roman Reigns. It's going to be heavy boos. And I'm not saying that because I'm anti-Roman, not by any stretch of the imagination. I'm right down the middle on the guy. I don't hate the guy, but I mean, I'm not a stand for the guy either. I just call it like I see it because I respect the guy. He's going to get an anti-reaction. So when we get to SummerSlam, if the women and children can just overpower the men, and there are some men that cheer Roman anyways, it shouldn't be like that for some... What you're telling me is that since that happened on Monday, it should happen all the time, and that it won't be like that on SummerSlam. So when it's like that on SummerSlam, people can't get on Twitter and talk about, oh, what a smarts. They, they, they just boo Roman Reigns and... Well, you can't just come up here and say that, okay, he got that positive response on Monday. Ha ha, see that? And then when SummerSlam comes, you can't turn around and blame the smarts because apparently the women and children can out, just outpower the smarts or whatnot. So you're just going to have to accept it. Now that you've painted yourself into a corner and trash talked about Roman Reigns getting cheers, they're going to come out and they're going to boo Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. I'm sorry to tell you. Well, WWE, however, they put themselves up, they set themselves up for failure because they set up these situations to where they want to get Roman cheered in every single way. And look, I don't hate WWE because that because of that. Obviously, they're trying to do whatever they can to uh not manipulate the situation, but get Roman cheered. And I don't hate them for that. It is what it is. They're trying to do their best. But when you do that, and you take these situations and then you take those these situations and say that, okay, they're cheering him now and it's over. Everything is cool now. We have 100% of the fans behind him. You set yourself up for the fail when you get to SummerSlam or WrestleMania and the entire crowd boos him. And then you're sitting there waiting and thinking, okay, what happened? Well, what happened is that they the fans cheered the situation when you set it up. But when the guy comes out, Without a situation set up, the overwhelming response is negative. Well, I won't say the overwhelming response, but if I had to pick what response outweighed the other, I would say the negative outweighed the positive whenever he comes out without a situation set up. So it is what it is. Obviously, they have to try to do things to get it right, but at some point, they just have to, I don't want to say give up, but they have to be realistic about the situation. So, when we get to SummerSlam, I don't hate Roman Reigns. I don't want the crowd crapping on the match in, in, in the main event of the biggest, well, not the biggest show of the, of the year, but WWE's second biggest show of the year. We're going to have to go two shows in a row, the biggest show 
of the year, the second biggest show of the year, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns again, and the crowd is not going to like it. They don't like Brock Lesnar. They've already painted a storyline to where they want you to boo Brock Lesnar. Guess what? You're kind of winning in that situation because the fans already hate him. Sometimes the crowd pops for him and they need Paul Heyman to run the crowd down and get him to boo again, but they'll boo at SummerSlam. They'll either pop for the entrance and then boo once the match starts or boo for the entrance and boo once the match starts. So they're going to boo Brock Lesnar, they're going to boo Roman Reigns, and you're going to have a crap main event until Braun Strowman comes down. And you're just going to have to live with the fans chanting, we want Braun, we want Braun in time main event. So that's my thoughts on the whole situation. It's a false narrative that the fans are completely behind Roman Reigns when they chat him due to the situation. Once they start giving him overwhelming cheers when the guy just comes out, that's when I'll jump on and I'll be like, you know what? This Roman thing is working out. The fans are 100% behind him. Otherwise, look, I want it to work for him, but we'll see how it plays out week by week leading into SummerSlam. So next up, we have, what do we have? We have Charlotte Flair. Now, look, Charlotte Flair came back on the most recent episode of SmackDown Live. And you know what? I was happy to see Charlotte. You know, Charlotte came running down, saved Becky. I was like, okay, okay. So Charlotte came back. And I thought it was a great thing. But Paige made the match with Charlotte Flair, Carmella, and Charlotte wins if she get if she wins the match. She, Charlotte wins, excuse me, and she goes to SummerSlam. And once Charlotte won, it just I just had an uneasy feeling after watching it because does Charlotte Flair deserve the title shot? From a kayfabe perspective, no, she doesn't. I do not like the. Big wrestler returns, so they're a big name, so they return, so we just gonna automatically throw them up in a title match at the big pay-per-view. No, 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 no. And a lot of people I've seen on Twitter, the response is that, no, man, I'm not feeling this. Becky was about to have her moment. Now, obviously, Becky could still have her moment, nonetheless, in a triple threat match, but it's different when it's not one-on-one. Like, when we have one-on-one matches as opposed to triple threat matches, let me paint a picture it's kind of like when you remember i think it was wrestlemania 2000 where we had the the mcmahons in every corner how ridiculous was that it was the four-way match and i remember that year it was supposed to be triple h versus the rock at wrestlemania and because it was a four-way match it just wasn't the same it just didn't have that same vibe and i'm I'm, no i'm not comparing becky lynch and carmella to triple h in the rock no i'm not but what i'm saying is it's supposed to be a one-on-one match. Now that it's a triple threat match, it's like, oh, Charlotte got it in. And I understand that Charlotte will bring something to the match and bring some excitement to the match. But it's like, I much would have rather had Becky Lynch win it in a one-on-one match as opposed to Charlotte just storming in and getting an automatic shot or whatnot. And, like, I'm not here to say that they have Charlotte lording over the entire division they put the division around charlotte and she's in every single spot every time no i'm not here to say that but i just believe that she shouldn't have been in this title match instead 
what they could have done was told a redemption story with Asuka and have it all lead up to SummerSlam where she defeats Charlotte. She gets her quote-unquote mojo back by beating the person that ended her streak. And that would have been a fabulous story. We could have had Charlotte Black return and we could have had that build. Becky versus Carmella and we could have had Asuka and Charlotte too on the side. And that would have been great. I would have much rather that than whatever Asuka's going to be doing at SummerSlam. It's not looking like a whole lot because she's going down to nothing, if you ask me, after being on top, just head and shoulders above everyone else. Look at which is now. I would have much rather that than have Charlotte coming into this three-way match. So, does Charlotte deserve the match? Sure, she deserves it, but from a kayfabe point, no, she does not deserve it. So, I'm, and I'm, to that point, I would have much rather it been a one-on-one -on -one match. So, we're moving going here. And we're going to go to the best SummerSlam build. Speaking of SummerSlam, there's a lot of good things going on. You know, we're excited about a lot of things heading into SummerSlam. A lot of matches already scheduled, but the best build and... I gotta say, AJ Styles and Samoa Joe is starting to give it a run for its money, but the best build so far has been Daniel Bryan in the mess. This has been fantastic, and I gotta tell you that I really hope that it gets even more personal than it already has, because this is one of those situations to where I was hoping that they would go for the work shoot right out of the gate. Like, I wanted it to pick up where Talking Smack left off. I wanted it to be a personal shoot-ish type of feud to where, you know, we know it's not a shoot, but it could be a work shoot, and it would have been really well done. And I got to admit, even with it not being work shooters, it's still been really well done. I've been invested into it. We've had Daniel Bryan get into it with The Miz. It all started back with The Miz. The Miz eliminated Daniel Bryan from that gauntlet match. And it's built up really well since then. Uh, we had the Miz the other week throw a baby in his face. A fake baby in his face. That was hilarious. I thought it was greatly done because I thought it was Monroe Sky, to be honest. And I was like, man, Daniel Brown's going to look like a real hell in this situation. He comes out and interrupts this, and then it's a fake plastic baby. And I bursted out laughing. And it was greatly done. We had the intense segment last week where they went back and forth and we had the babies crying popping up to showcase what Daniel Bryan is according to the Miz and I gotta say I've really enjoyed every bit of it I cannot wait to see where they go next hopefully it just gets real personal with them two in the ring we need them in the ring a face off just get real personal anything goes in my opinion you know I'm really hoping that one of these guys better use the I'm going to whip you like my daughter is going to whip yours in 20 years. If somebody doesn't use that line, I'm going to be thoroughly mad in this situation, in this bill. Somebody has to use that line. So, I'm very much looking forward to this feud. I'm already excited about it. I think it's the best SummerSlam build we have going forward. And I'm very much looking forward to the match. Who knows? It may be the match of the night. There's a lot of matches that could be match of the night at SummerSlam. Uh, the SmackDown side of things for SummerSlam is looking fantastic. They're doing a great job. And Daniel Bryan in the midst heads that as far as the SummerSlam build goes. So, we're moving on. We have The Rock 
uh, major news. The Rock on the back, back on his red carpet for Skyscraper said that he couldn't wait to get back in the WWE ring. He wanted to be back in the WWE ring. And most recently, Dave Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer Radio said that he wants to wrestle at WrestleMania. WWE wanted him last year. He was supposed to be in Kirk Angle's position. But the filming stuff messed it up. Timing messed it up. And... The Rock wants back in in WWE. Wants back in at WrestleMania. So I came up with a list of the top four Rock WrestleMania opponents, and I'm about to dig into that right now. So at number four, I have Kevin Owens. I really believe that Kevin Owens in a back and forth with The Rock, as far as promos goes, that would be a phenomenal thing. Kevin Owens at his height is great on the mic. The Rock, obviously The Rock is The Rock. So, I mean, I think that would be great. Those two going back for it as a build to WrestleMania. So long as they made it a big deal it's, and it's The Rock, so they'd have to make it a big deal. Kevin Owens could really go in and get that big win over The Rock and it would be a great build, a great match. Kevin Owens would be able to, to carry The Rock in the ring as well. So, I wouldn't have any questions as far as the quality of the match. At number three, I'm going to go with Triple H just for sentimental reasons. Uh, just because it's they have their formal rivalry and actually they built up to this match as they had that backstage segment years and years ago where they went back and forth. They took that intense stroll down memory lane and, and I think it, the quality of the match, they'd have to make it like a no DQ match or a cage match or something like that because both of the guys are not exactly in their primes but I think it would be a decent match enough just based on the history alone at number two I'm gonna go with Roman Reigns I'm not putting Roman Reigns at number one because I'm not putting him at number one because I know they're not gonna do this they're not gonna do it the right way the only re- only way I'd have Roman Reigns at number one is if they did it the right way, turned Roman Reigns heel, had him destroy The Rock, beat him down, have The Rock as the sympathetic, well, he wouldn't be a sympathetic babyface, but he'd be the babyface in the feud if he got beaten up by Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns could come across as a great heel character, have The Rock work with Roman Reigns to build up his heel persona, and obviously at the end of the day, Roman Reigns is getting a win. He'd have another coronation and he'd have another big win. So, I mean, I think that would be fantastic. But at the end of the day, I don't really expect WWE to go down that route. And that's why I wouldn't have it at number one. What I do have at number one is Elias. Yes, I would love to see Elias versus The Rock at WrestleMania. It would be fantastic. And just on the build alone, obviously Elias is very witty on the mic. The Rock was very witty on the mic, but obviously we getting down. If we getting down to the get down, just pull out the guitars. Just have just have the guitars. Get the guitars out, and then just watch the magic happen. We could have that two weeks in a row. I don't know what you want to call it—a guitar off. Them going back and forth. Uh, them going one week by themselves in the ring and then going back and forth the next week or the the following week after, it would be phenomenal. And if there's anyone in WWE that could use a big, huge win right now, it is Elias. Because despite the fact that the guy is remarkably over with the crowd, I gotta admit, 
if I may take a small detour, I never thought this character would work, especially on the main roster. Like in NXT, it just never really got across. And I was like, uh, I never hated the guy, but he never really got across. Once he got to the main roster, I thought that they would treat him like a joke. And for the, when it started off, it was like, yeah, this is not going to work. But steadily by steadily, Elias gained momentum. And it started to get over and over. And week by week by week, he just started to evolve into this big thing. And the crowd started to get behind him. And I've never been any more proud to say that I was completely wrong on a gimmick on um, with what I thought would get over or not get over and I was completely wrong on this one and it's remarkable to see that the crowd is very much over or he is very much over with the crowd and despite the thing is this despite him being so over with the crowd they say his catchphrases WWE hasn't really done anything with him like when it, when a guy is that over you gotta reward him like he should be the intercontinental champion right now despite the great stuff that we have going on with Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler neither of those guys really needed a big win to establish themselves Elias really needs a big win to establish himself to establish himself because having an album is not a prize enough it's a great thing fantastic thing that Elias has a CD out he does this thing he does great at it but we need to reward this guy in a match with the rock that would be a reward and him getting a win over the rock is just as good as this point in his career as getting an intercontinental championship victory I getting the championship victory where Elias walks over and <laughs> that's no pun intended walks over the rock he beats him and they have this handshake at the end Elias is left to the crowd. I'm pretty sure the crowd would roar for Elias at that point. So, we get at the situation. Those are my top four Rock opponents. I would love to see Elias versus The Rock at WrestleMania 35. So, last up, we have Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman out here tripping in these streets, man. I love Braun, bro. And he's kind of losing momentum, but that's, that's this is beside the point. Braun Strowman talked about NXT and he said something pretty crazy now i'm gonna admit that he gave them some compliment he gave them a lot of compliments here and he talked about how they had great athletes first he was on spn action doing press in india hey we next to a lot of compliments talked about a lot, a lot of talented characters uh talked about how tough it is to come out of there he talked about how the main roster is great as well, but this was the money quote that he said. He said that when asked about which NXT star would make the biggest difference on the main roster, he said, you know, it's hard to tell because we're so star studded right now on the main roster that there's a lot of talented athletes in NXT, but what they have down there right now, I don't see anything outshining what we have on the main <laughs> roster right now i can't even say that with a straight face i don't know how brian said it with a straight face and i know I, I, you know obviously he's on the main roster now he has to say that and i know i know that there's no harmful intent whatsoever when he says that but looking at the quote oh brian is losing it man now i don't know if he's talking about at talent for talent or just overall but when he says anything, I don't see anything outshining. I'm taking that as overall. And like Brian, 
NXT outshines Raw every week. Like, there aren't many times where I watch Raw and I watch NXT that Wednesday. And I say, boy, NXT didn't live up to the hype. Man, Raw just outshined them. Or even SmackDown. And SmackDown is doing pretty well right now. I don't even say SmackDown outshines NXT. Uh, just looking at it, from a ring standpoint, like the NXT takeovers, there has not been a year in recent memory that I've said WrestleMania was better than NXT TakeOver. It never fails. Every NXT TakeOver ha we have with a big show the following Sunday, it's like, after every time I watch the NXT TakeOver, I say, ooh, man, that is not going to be topped by SummerSlam or by WrestleMania or by whatever's going on that weekend. And I pretty much get the feeling that we're going to see that this month as well because that NXT TakeOver card is stacked. Stacked, I tell you. And I don't think SummerSlam is going to outdo it. Even though I think SummerSlam is going to be pretty well to watch in August or, or, or in a few weeks. But looking at Braun's quote, Look, Brian, they outshine you every week. Like, I know the main roster. I know Raw SmackDown. That's what pulls in the money. That's the money maker and what have you. But NXT outshines you every week. And the pay-per-views outshines you every time they have a takeover. So, looking at the facts, they do have things that outshine you on the main roster. I don't know what Brian was thinking about. Maybe he had to say that. Who knows? But those are the facts. So that's it for this edition of the Too Sweet Podcast. Let me know in the comments. If you have any comments, let me know what you think. Anything, Roman, Charlotte, The Rock, Strowman, NXT, anything you have, SummerSlam, let me know in the comments. And also, I will be having an Impact Wrestling review coming on later today. So stay tuned for that. I will see you next week as well for another edition of the Too Sweet Podcast. Cast.